Welcome to the Act 4 Podcast, your go-to post-movie podcast. It's a podcast about movies. My name's Peyton. We got Connor over here. Hey, how you doing? And we got Joe in the corner. What's up? Today, we are continuing our Summer of Star Wars series and going to talk about the first one. Not not in order, but... Okay, kind of in order. The first one not in release order, but the first one in chronological order. It gets confusing. Episode but the first one, one of the prequels. The Phantom Menace. Yes, The Phantom Menace. Um, it was very hyped when it came out. Like, it was... The, the hype for this movie was astronomical it was insane they had in it the pepsi endorsement so they were on like every pepsi machine everywhere they had the phantom menace on it um they had the pod racing arcade game which we've talked about before on the podcast so uh, like it was it was marketed everywhere on every snack food on like pepsi products everywhere like this movie was a big deal when it came out and it was hyped like to huge extremes and i think like Part of that movie, part of this movie, deserves the hype that it has because it's so good. And you know which part I'm talking about. Yeah, the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only good part of this movie is, is is the end. Well, it's not even the end because we, we talked about this before we started recording. Like, the actual ending of the movie oh, really yeah. sucks. The actual ending Absolute of the movie is awful. garbage. But the, the very last, like, kind of big thing that happens in the movie, the final fight... If, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you haven't seen Phantom Menace, I don't know why you're you here watch, and listening. But go the, watch Phantom Menace. It, it's probably not worth your time, but <laughs> just right, go, go watch, watch the, the end. Just go to the minutes. end. <laughs> but yeah, it this movie was extremely hyped up, and it doesn't have a good reputation, um, to say the least. What Joe? Do you know what its Rotten Tomato score is? Could you find that out while we're kind of um, talking here? Because it's not a. Yeah. I know it's it has, not a very great movie. <laughs> it's got a six point five out of ten on IMDb, which is Beautiful. I'm pretty sure the lowest of all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. It has a no, fifty one on Metacritic. Okay. Okay. And then I'm gonna look up the Rotten Tomatoes real quick. Yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> to say to say the very least, it's it's not, not great. great. <laughs> yeah. It's you could say that. it's not enjoyable. This is the first one that. As we've been doing the series, it's the first one that I've skipped through parts of it because I was bored. I just kind of like was clicking the, clicking the right arrow on my keyboard to like skip a few so seconds we're right ahead. Up, with Rotten Tomatoes, we're right about in the same area. We got like a 53 critic and a 59 audience. So Okay, okay. Right, right about in that same area. That's of, reliable, you know? Yeah. I mean, it checks yeah. out across IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Metacritic, which are like the big three. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, not a, that's not a good score. You know, no, it's, it's not, not. It's not a it's ten percent or something. That's it's an average score. I wouldn't even say that's average. That's I'd say that's slightly below average. That's that's what fifty is. Yeah, it's it's that it's, it's bad. It's it's that it's, it's not it's the a great point. movie. You know, but it's not the worst movie ever made. Basically, it's kind of what we're seeing there. But yeah, yeah, this this movie is littered with problems, uh, problems throughout, which we'll kind of talk about in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, some of the biggest problems are the the writing for this movie and and that kind of holds true through the prequels the writing is rough the the plot is like super confusing for no reason uh the dialogue isn't very good the acting isn't great you know and then there's jar jar <laughs> the yeah. the gungan in the room that when you think that. of phantom menace you think of like, like, we kind of talked about what we think of when we think of Return of the Jedi. Phantom Menace, I think of Darth Maul. And I think of Jar Jar Binks. That's, uh, those are the two things I think of. And, and sometimes pod racing. Of. You know? But there that's those, throw, those are kind throw, of the big three things that people yeah, remember. I'd throw Qui-Gon in there just because this is, like, his movie pretty it's much. because his Qui-Gon. movie. Yeah. Liam Neeson is the yeah. dude in this movie. He kind of he kind of carries How about it. Shmi Skywalker? Yeah, if anyone no, was Shmi a main Skywalker. character in this movie, it would be Qui-Gon. I do not think of her at all. Connor, I'm uh, gonna be very honest with you. Dang. <laughs> I could care less about Anakin's mom. <laughs> hey, it's hey, say her name. It's me. Anakin loves his mom yeah. so good much. For, uh, good for that him. he's gonna murder lots of people for her. Yes. All right. So and not just the I think the men. I think we should like children too. quickly kind of try to explain the plot of this movie. 
Um, it's it a has. super okay. convoluted and like it's not a great plot. It's it's not a good plot. We've done some movies with bad plots, but I think this one kind of I I would say this one takes the cake for me, of just confusing plots for no reason. You know. It starts out, the opening crawl is just awful, right? This opening yeah. crawl is the worst one we've seen yet. The first three were good. Like, those were good opening crawls. They set up the movie great. This one, it it talks about a blockade. It talks about the Trade Federation. It talks about Congress. It just kind of sets up the movie in a boring way, and that holds through the movie. Like, this movie, to me... The whole time it's boring. It's very low stakes. It's very low energy. And I think that kind of carries through. And this this first opening crawl, I think, sets the pace of this movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. And then it, it, it bleeds right into that first scene of them, like, going in. And they're, like, going into this, like, the tax negotiations and, like, all the different, like, negotiations. Trade negotiations. The trade negotiations, on, yeah. And it's just, like why are we supposed to care about this like right off the bat we just don't care about the situation that our two main people are in that for me is is the biggest the biggest problem with the prequels to me Uh, there's a lot of problems with them that that we'll probably end up talking about but i think the biggest problem is that it focuses too much on politics and Politics have always had an underlying role in Star Wars, if you look at the original trilogy, because it's it's a civil war, you know? It's called Star Wars. There's going to be a little politics. But when the majority of the plot revolves around one guy ascending in the government in the most boring way possible, diplomacy, like, that's not Star Wars to me, you know? I want the war part of Star Wars. I want fighting in space, you know? That's what makes it cool. That's what made the first three cool, you know? This one, it's all about negotiations and uh, Senate meetings and councils and, like, all that kind of stuff, which is just, you know, not super entertaining. And that kind of carries on through these movies, and I think that's what really takes away from them and makes them not really good Star Wars movies, where there is a lot of potential, you know, but they're not as good as they could have been. Well, this is the more civilized era, as uh, as old Ben Kenobi would say. You know, it's more elegant weapon from a civilized era. So this is the civilized era, and what's more civilized than politics and democracy, and trade blockades? I I don't care if it's civilized. I want it to be entertaining. It's a movie, you know. Right. Okay, okay. Right. Think about this. Ready? So. George Lucas, after the enormous success of the original trilogy, could write any story. He could write anything he wanted. It's a blank slate. There is no other, like, Star Wars stuff out there but his original trilogy, right? All he has to do is connect... All he has to do is, like, adhere to the rules that he set in the original trilogy. But he pretty much has a, a blank slate. He can write whatever story he wants. And he writes this story. That, to me, is the biggest flaw in these movies, that he decided to write a movie about politics. He started, like, these prequels are all about politics. And, like, I don't know, if if you're going to write a super cool story about how a Jedi turns to the dark side, which is what this is about. It's about how he becomes a Jedi and how he turns to the dark side and becomes Darth Vader. That's what these are about, you know? Why do you write the story about politics? You can write anything you want, you know? I think that, for me, is the biggest the biggest problem. Like, why, why is that the story that you write? Okay, I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. I, I definitely agree with that, for sure. Because I think there was just, there's so much potential for these movies. Like, he could have done so many cool things. Like, Darth Maul is one of the, could have been the coolest villain ever. And he's cool in his one fight. It's one of the best lightsaber fights, I think, in Star Wars. It's, it's super good, you know? Yeah. And he's a cool-looking villain. He's got the double-sided lightsaber. Like, it could have been such a cool thing. And then he he dies in this movie. You know, quotes, because he comes quotes. back in, like, TV shows, but I, I haven't Solo. seen those, you know. And then he's got the cameo in Solo. But, like, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. You know, he doesn't reappear in these 
prequels anymore. Like, it would have been so cool for him and Sidious to kind of be the main bad guys throughout all the prequels. Yeah. That would have been a super cool thing you could have done. But he kills them off here at the end. And then he has to bring in, I feel like, not as cool bad guys later in. Like, he brings in, okay, you know, wait a minute now. Dooku, who I'm like, I'll give you, I don't I'll really give care you Dooku. Dooku. I'll give you Dooku, but General Grievous, honestly, same level. I mean, he's cool and all, but he doesn't do a lot for the plot, you know? You know, that's true. That's, that. that's all I'm saying. I'm saying but if you if you get blank slate and you come up with this cool bad guy, why not lean into having a cool bad guy? He did that in the original trilogy, Darth Vader. He really leaned into having a cool bad guy. Like, lean into that in the prequels, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So, we should try to explain what happens in this movie. We got the opening crawl. And then kind of... Do, do you want to take it from there, Connor? Yeah. Because I, I know you like the beginning of the movie. I do. I really enjoy the beginning of the movie up until a certain character appears on screen. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, so, they get they go to this federation, or yeah, the federation, the trade federation, and it's revealed that two Jedi's have been sent, and they you know they remove the cloaks, and you got Qui Gon Jinn, and young Obi Wan Kenobi still as a Jedi Padawan. Because he's a Padawan. He's not a knight yet. So they're going and they're going to talk and they talk to a droid. They talk to a protocol droid, which is just a silver, what C3PO looks like, but silver. Uh, and they go into this room and then they get gassed and they get to try to get killed. All right. Droids come out, they start shooting, and then. You get the the single-handed, the, the coolest droids that have ever been made, the destroyers or droidicas. It depends which side you're on, if you call them destroyers or or not. Uh, but I'm going to call them destroyers because that's a way cooler name. But they're the ones that roll, and then they have the little shields. Bro, those are so cool. Like, best droids have ever been made, and it's just, it makes so much more sense. Because, you know, you're fighting Jedi that can block blasters, why not make a shield in front of that so they can't block the blasters? It's, mm-hmm. it, it, that's some big big IQ brain. Well I, well, I feel like the shield wasn't intended for the the blasters being reversed. It's when they're being shot with blasters from the other side. You know what? You know, I think that's what they were yes, thinking about. But also... <laughs> they're not Jedi's. thinking about reversing light with the lightsabers. Come on, you know they were. They, you know they were. <laughs> we don't see... We see, like... Not a lot of other people shoot at them. You you get the blasters that get reflected. You get a couple of, like, the Naboo guards that shoot at them. And then you also have straight up just a ship that shoots at them and just destroys them. So... But I'm saying just, like, in the grand scheme of the war, why do you put a force field on a droid so it can't get hit by blasters? Like, that's the whole yeah. point, you know? But, you, but in, a, in a world where... When, in a world where... People with laser swords are known to be there. I know. I'm. Just, I, I'm not saying that wasn't. Reverse. I'm not saying that wasn't a, a thought behind. But I'm saying I don't think that was their main motivation for putting force fields sure on them. It for sure was. Who were they fighting? Who were okay. they fighting? They were fighting the Jedi. Okay. Every Whatever single, you want to say, buddy. No, Jedi. Jedi. Jedi were the conflict. They were the peacemakers, Chief. Every single war that would have been there, the Jedi would have been there. Yeah, but these. Okay. Let's keep talking. I don't think those are anti-Jedi right. droids, but whatever you want to think. <laughs> you know what? They're used as anti-Jedi droids, and that's In all this that moment, yes, they are. Yes, they are. You're, you're right. Uh, then then they, they go. They, they, board, they board separate ships down to Naboo. He says, let's, let's ride separate ships down to the ground. I mean, they, are sure, they sure are lucky that those two ships parked close to one another. Like, that's so stupid. That's like one of the dumber things in the writing in this movie. Why get on two separate ships? Just ride on the same ship. Because what nah. if one of them landed on a different side of the planet? What are you going to do it's then? Fine. <laughs> Go through the core. Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> but Go through the core. That doesn't matter. They ride that's down funny. to Naboo, <laughs> and then they encounter... Oh, Lord. Um, if there was a second main character of this movie, you could make an argument that it's Jar Jar, considering the amount of screen time that this guy uh, gets. You get Jar Jar Binks. Yes. He's yes, a Gungan. Um, he... Oh, He's got the the 
abnormal speaking pattern, as as Gungans do have. Um, yep, the Misa, Yusa, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's just really annoying. Yes. But. Yes, you can say that again. But Jar Jar is the most, in the, the character who's the most integral to the plot of this entire movie, and I hate that. Like, this movie, he, he is so annoying. He's an awful character. But you actually, he, him being in the movie actually kind of makes sense. Like, he does a lot for the movie. He's the whole reason they're able to win the battle against, you know, the droids or whatever. Like, they're able to win the battle for Naboo, you know? Like, it's because of Jar Jar. And I hate that a character as bad as Jar Jar is so integral to the plot of this movie. <laughs> as, as crazy of a plot as it is. It's Which we still Jar-Jar, haven't really explained yet. <laughs> Jar Jar is just so frustrating. Every single time he's on screen, he's doing something to where it's like, can you just not for like two minutes, just do nothing. Yeah. Just do nothing. Like, it's like, just, okay. just don't touch anything. When when just they go to, to Tatooine, when they go to Tatooine, why take Jar Jar with you? Leave him on the ship. Yeah, leave him on the ship. Why leave, leave him on the ship? On the leave ship? him on the planet, bro. Like, I don't care. Take him with you and leave him on the planet. Like, what? they take him and they get into so much trouble when they take him. Like, he, he just is constantly, he says he's clumsy, but it really, it's it's okay, more than like, clumsy. He's seeking out the problems. <laughs> yeah, he basically he, said, long story short, I'm clumsy. Like, he didn't say, like, uh, this is the, he did say. Yeah, long story short, long story I'm clumsy. Short, he's clumsy. He's more than clumsy. He's, he's a dunce. He's stupid. You know, he he, he just makes bad decisions constantly. He but he's also a Sith Lord. You know, that's a whole thing. You know, Darth like, Jar Jar. If that if that is true, <laughs> I would be so much happier with Jar Jar. The videos, okay, so the videos that explain it, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go into depth on this, but they say that like George Lucas kind of wanted to mirror certain characters in each of his trilogies, and so Yoda's mirror was Jar Jar. Because when Yoda's first presented, he's presented as this kind of crazy character who he's like digging through the stuff and, you know, he's, it's like a red herring or whatever, you know, to, to make you think that he's not as smart as he really is. And so that's kind of the theory is that originally Jar Jar was going to become like a, a Sith Lord or was going to be revealed Lord. to be a Sith Lord, you know, later in the trilogy. But and after the backlash of him in the first one. You know, after the backlash, everybody he was like, "Yeah, no, we're scrapping that." So I wish they had just kept it, bro. That that could be a cool plot line if they were gonna do that, you know. Give but they a, didn't. Give me a Disney. And Plus until then, off. we don't know. Do it, Darth Jar Jar. That'd be pretty crazy. I, one of people my favorite, would watch it. One of my favorite people would things, watch it. <laughs> there's this. There's a documentary about the fake making of the Phantom Menace that like Lucas mm-hmm. is in most of it, and it's funny. Like on set, he is so confident in that everybody's gonna like Jar Jar and that like he's gonna like bring this home as like being the family film and be like the comedic lead of the movie and then everybody's gonna love him and then everybody that watched (laughs) it was just like nah bro it ain't working (laughs) okay so so since we're talking about that I think I think that that leads into um the writing of George Lucas a little bit and that George Lucas isn't a great writer that is and and it is a fact um and, and if you don't believe me, there are interviews that you can find online uh, from, like, Sir Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. They talk about how they would make fun of George Lucas on the set of the original Star Wars movie because his dialogue was really bad and some of his writing was bad. Like, and that's kind of where I think the big problems arise from the, in the prequels is that George Lucas directed and wrote the three prequels. Of the original trilogy, he only directed and wrote the first one. And he had some help with the screenplay on the first one, too. You know? But the other two were written and directed by other people. He was just there influencing the story and on as an executive producer, you know? And so it's like, he he's never been a super strong writer. He is a brilliant idea guy, you know? He is... He's an innovator. He has all these awesome ideas in his head he and he created this whole universe so having him there i think is really important you know like he was involved in the mandalorian series helping give ideas and being there but he wasn't involved in the creation of it i'm not saying to that extreme 
needed to happen to the prequels, but I'm saying him being so heavily involved in writing these, I think it shows, you know, because a lot of the dialogue and the plot and stuff isn't that great, but the ideas that are there and what he's trying to set up are good, you know? Except for one. Except for one idea. Okay, what's that idea? Uh, we can get to it a little later, but I'm going to bring it up. Midichlorians, those are the stupidest things. Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, so it, it's, you know your idea is really bad when you probably, like, brought it up, and then later down the line, some producer was like, hey, George, no one knows what the heck these are, so then you had to write a whole extra scene explaining what it was, and then it's still <laughs> stupid. Yes. <laughs> Like, yes. they, like, there's a good chunk of dialogue in this movie related to midichlorians, and it's just really frustrating. It makes no sense. Yes. Like, like just and cut it out. Just, just it don't ruins, bring it up. It ruins the force. It ruins the force. It's really it, easy it to just It takes away some of the mystery of the force, I think. Yes. And that's, like, kind of what makes it cool is having, having that mystery there, and you don't really know how it works. But now they're saying, oh, it's, it's like part of biology now because like like seriously anybody that's watched star wars like if qui-gon's this jedi and he senses this strongness with the force in young anakin that's as an audience like you just buy it like that's fine you don't need this explanation it's just straight Mm -hmm. unnecessary Mm -hmm. because it's just like he's got a midichlorian count higher than that of master yoda it's the highest one i've ever seen if the Jedi says he's force sensitive, he's force sensitive, and we're like, all right, cool, and we move on. Yeah, yeah we don't we need, need we don't need all this other stuff added in there. Mm-hmm. But we got it, and now we got to deal with it. And they're super stupid, and I don't think they get brought up again in any other movie. I'm, yeah, I'm they're just sure. it's it's just kind of like a little passing thing that they they try to. The, it's their way of trying to explain why he's so important, you know? But all they had to say, all, all Master Yoda had to do was look at him and go, this kid's the strongest in the Force that I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. We, we'll take his word. We know Yoda's, he's dope, you know? We'll, yeah. I'll take his word. I don't need you to make up midichlorians, you know? I, I don't need that. <laughs> but since since we're already on Tatooine, let's, let's talk about what happens on Tatooine, you know? All right. So I got you. There's a good so, bit that happens there. Before we get to Tatooine, I want to say, we get introduced to R2-D2, mm-hmm. you know, the droid from the original trilogy that uh, Obi-Wan never owned, you know? But mm-hmm. he was on Padme's ship. Yep. They get to Tatooine because they break down because they got shot at when they were trying to escape, so it, it busted the hyperdrive. <clears throat> And so they're going to get parts. And I love how Qui-Gon was like, we'll try a small store vendor and goes into the only place that has the hyperdrive parts that they need. Absolutely <laughs> great. Like, Well, okay, some- I always thought that the vendor there was lying to him. I always thought he was he was lying and saying, yeah, we're the only one that's got it, so you have to do business with me. Why would he not check I, with the other ones? I, I just thought that... I. I don't know the answer to that. I just always assumed he was lying. I was like, okay, there's no way he's the only one that has it. I would. He's probably lying because he's a scummy person, you know? Okay, I'm sure you, that if... the logic of the plot would say that he wouldn't check with other people because he's in a hurry, but then they also spend, like, the entire day there and get involved with the pod race and stuff like that. So it doesn't seem <laughs> like they're in that big of a hurry because they sure jack around <laughs> a lot on Tatooine. Well, I mean, so I don't they really do get, get it. They need to get the parts, and that's the problem, is that they need to get the parts. But you go to any place else... You go, you go to any place else and you ask, hey, do you have these parts? Yada, yada, yada. You hit him with the Jedi mind trick. Like, this is this is a dealer that literally cannot be used the Jedi mind trick on. Cannot be so used on him. The the explanation for this then is because plot. <laughs> because they need to get Anakin with Qui-Gon somehow. Yes. And, and that's that's the way they chose to do it, you know? Um, and sure. Which, which, which it's means interesting. he was telling the truth. It's interesting because that's the introduction to Anakin, but Anakin isn't even re- really with them until Jar Jar <laughs> decides to, <laughs> to, to to try to get the frog off of the stand. Yes. And then he gets into the fight, the fight with, with Sebulba. Yeah. Sebulba. 
So then that's just pure coincidence. So that whole th- the introduction to Anakin isn't even the real way that he like tags along with them. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The the introduction to Anakin, he he Anakin's a shooter. Immediately shot a shot. You know, <laughs> he gets help, he, he for two seconds. Two seconds he's seen Padme, and he, not even hello. Just are you an angel? Like boom, right out the <laughs> gate, shot a shot. I didn't remember Padme being so young in this movie. Yes. She's actually kind of she's she looks to be about sixteen. She's about to be she is supposed to be thirteen. Yeah, she looks around fifteen or sixteen to yes. me. Um I don't believe that she's thirteen, but if that's how old she is in the movie, then that's do you know how, fine. Do you know how young Anakin's supposed to be? He's supposed to be like ten or eleven, isn't he? He's supposed he's to be eight. nine. Oh, at nine. Oh, I know boy. that he was uh, originally so, supposed to be twelve and then they they brought it down. I don't so know I, that made I no thought he was me. 11 and she was 16. That's that's no. what I thought it was. There is an age gap. <laughs> there is an age gap. It's just... Yes. 9 and 13. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it'd, it'd be a lot more comfortable if it was a little bit less. Because <laughs> they get, I, yeah. okay. they get why, some heavy flirting in this movie and it's just weird at times. Why make him so young? Like, why Why don't they just have two 16-year-olds? Like, I, I would buy into a 16-year-old being queen, you know? I could buy that. Yeah. A 13-year-old is a little, like, being as um, know, all-knowing as she is about diplomacy and stuff, I don't really believe that for a 13-year-old. If they were both 16, that would make this a whole lot weird. And then him being too old to be trained as a Jedi would make more sense, too. Because that is pretty old, you know? It is pretty old. Yeah. That's but closer to seen... Luke's age when he was too yes. old to be trained, you know? Yes. And it makes more sense for Yoda not wanting to train Luke as well because it, it had already happened, mm-hmm. you know? So they probably should have made him a little older. So that's the first way because we, whenever we originally made this podcast, we were going to like talk about the good parts about movies, the bad parts, and how we would want to fix them. And we kind of strayed away from that. But I think if we're, if we're going to fix this movie – that's one of the first things you can do. You, you make Padme False. and Anakin, you make them both 16. I think that's the, the easiest thing you can do right there. That's the second thing that you can do. The first thing you do... No, the first thing you re- should do. First thing you should do is remove Jar Jar. Is that what you were going to say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the first thing you should do. But I'm saying that the easiest thing that you can do is you just make them 16. It changes nothing. Really nothing doesn't. about the plot changes if you make them both 16. And it makes it a little bit more believable <laughs> yeah, for everything you know, else. It makes it all so much so much better. But yeah, the fact that they're like behind the scenes and behind everybody's back, like flirting with each other and then get married and then have a kid and everything like that, like it's just a lot more believable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because then they're like young adults, you know, and it's they're believable young adults later. Yeah. You know? Because mm-hmm. young man Anakin just straight shooting a shot right here is just like Alright, what's That's are you believable. Doing? Well, it's believe it's believable if he's sixteen. That's what I'm saying. Yes. When he's when I'm he's saying, eight or nine. But when he's eight, I was I just don't like, that. I was like, eight year olds don't know how to spit game like that. They don't. It would also <laughs> make more sense him being really great at pot racing. Yes. I am more inclined to believe a sixteen year old has become really good at pot racing just because he's had more time to become good at pot racing. He's yeah, how many pot racer. How many years has this eight year old been pot racing? If wait, he's wait, wait. if we he know, thinks he's the know. best. You know? He thinks he's the best because when you do something, you're just like, yeah, I'm the best. Like, he was just being cocky. Cocky Anakin. Come on now. Well, his mom always said he was the best. And she seems to, like, have, you know, a good head on her shoulders. And it's like, I don't think she would be lying to these guys when she's putting kind of their life in in her son's hands, you know. She's like, I don't really he think... can help. She goes, he can help you. He's a good, he's a good racer, you know. He hasn't finished a race. I know. That I don't is, know why they ever trust what him. What is said? Yeah, is if you, he has never finished a race. If they write in that he's been pod racing since he was eight and he's sixteen, and then they like go to his house and he's got like pod racing trophies or something like that, then boom, <laughs> I'm in. Like it's fine. Then we're on. Then I'm all on board. And then I'd so be cool. like, that's, hey, quiet, yeah, yeah, that's how you fix it. You know it. what boom. you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but bet everything you got on this kid. And he already bet everything he got on this kid, and even more. So that all of Insane. that happens, and then the pod racing happens, which is one of the better parts of this movie. Um, yes, just because yes 
I mean, it's it's kind of boring a little bit, but it's the most interesting that this boring movie has been to this point. You know, it's it kind of it's kind of repetitive. You know, there's not really a lot of music happening here. It's just a lot of pod racing sounds. You know, but yeah, yeah. it's the but it's the get... most action packed this movie's been to this point. So I'll take and it. And we get Warwick <laughs> Warwick Davis. You know, that's fun. Yep, get the little cameo in there. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, hey, and then that was it. <laughs> uh, we also get a little, uh, another a cameo by Jabba the Hutt as well. We get to see him in this. So, he, ooh, 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 this CGI. is it. This is my, this is one of my first fun facts. Okay, ooh, fun, fun facts. Fun facts with Joe. Corner. We're coming back. It's been a while, but we're back. <laughs> so, in the end credits, Jabba the Hutt is listed as being played just by himself. It just says Jabba the Hutt himself. There's not like an actor or anything to it because it's just CGI and like he does like and it's, yeah, he, has, he has no voice. He has no lines, so it's just he's just there. Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> little thing I noticed. That, that's good. Just a you, little you a little stick, Easter you egg. You sticked around to watch the credits. That's that's impressive. I turned it off directly after he said peace. <laughs> yep, it was. As soon as it was over, I was like, "Yep, nope, we're it done." Said, it said directed or written by George Lucas, and I was like, "Exit." <laughs> uh one uh, of one of the problems or okay, maybe not a problem but something that happens that i don't know if it necessarily needs to happen while we're on tatooine around the pod racing time is we're introduced to c-3po uh ooh. as he's being built by anakin i don't think i need c-3po being built by anakin you know he's He's in the original trilogy, but just because he's in the original trilogy doesn't mean he needs to be in the prequels, you know? I feel like he's really shoehorned in here, and I don't think it's necessary. If they wanted to show that he's really smart, like, they've already shown that he can build stuff. He built a pod racer, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you want to show that he can build a droid, he could build a droid. Why is it C-3PO? They don't really ever explain why it's got to be C-3PO specifically. Because R2-D2 was already introduced in the movie, and you can't have R2-D2 without C-3PO. You could just have R2-D2 run into C-3PO at the end of 3 at some point, if they really wanted to show you that in a movie. But it's entirely believable that R2-D2 and C-3PO met at some point during the gap between 3 and 4. There's a lot of time there. You know, I don't need to know how they met. That's not a story I need to know. I mean, they're just... That doesn't need to happen. To me, they're just so iconic that, like, they kind of does, like, I wouldn't say deserve, but, like, it's not out of place for them to have introductions like this. And I don't really see the problem with Anakin being the one that builds C-3PO because, like, why not? Like, I don't, like, I just don't really see the problem You ask why not, but I can also ask the same thing. I can ask why, you know? There's no reason that it shouldn't happen, but there's no reason that it should happen. And I feel like that just, the screen time they devote to introducing C-3PO could have been devoted to giving us a good story, you know? They could have added something else in there. I mean, I'm not saying Uh, it, like, is a great story point. I just think it's, I think it's another example of, like, Anakin, like, with Padme, and he's kind of, like, flexing on her a little bit. Just like, hey, look at this droid I built. Like, <laughs> you see this? You see this? He doesn't have an eye at first, and he's completely, as R2-D2 calls him, naked, but yep. it's fine. Like, me and this <laughs> droid, like, we a package deal? Like, you could have this. <laughs> Which would be better if he was 16 years old. Yeah. But he's yes. not. Because uh, yes. another reason why I want him to be 16 years old is because then you can get someone who can actually act. Uh, the, the little kid... Um, I don't even remember his name right now. Jake Lloyd. Yes, Jake Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Bless bless his poor little heart. He he could not act to save his life in this movie. Like, oh, it yeah. It was rough. If, 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 they, if he was actually 16, you could get somebody that could actually act, like, you know, Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, you could get someone. <laughs> I mean, right. you just get hey, anyone at this point. Don't be my boy Hayden Christensen. Have you seen Jumper? Fire. No, I have not. <laughs> I have not actively <laughs> seeked out other Hayden Christensen process prog- I want, projects. I want to give Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I want to give Hayden Christensen the benefit of a da- the benefit of the doubt that he might be able to act, and a lot of it was the dialogue because the dialogue was really bad too. The dialogue you know? was terrible. Um, but but this kid, but Jake Lloyd, like he inflects the wrong words. You know, 
like when I don't even remember what line it was. I don't think I wrote it in my notes, but he was saying like, um, oh, he said something about the spaceship, and he he like was inflecting every other word, and it just sounded so weird. Like it was you could definitely tell this kid is acting, and they told him the line, and then he just said the line. You know, he he probably doesn't have the script memorized because he's a young kid. Or you yeah. only memorize parts of it. And he's just kind of like saying the lines. He's not really acting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that really bugs me that he's he's not that great of a character as as an actor. Um, and then we also have to deal with Jar Jar the whole time, you know? And then, yeah, Look, it's kind of just a mess. <laughs> I was going Obi- Obi-Wan's thinking, the only like, one that's, that's, that's on the same page as the audience here. Because yeah. they've already been carrying around Jar Jar for the first half of the movie and then once Anakin gets on the ship he's like oh another worthless life form <laughs> yeah and then the audience is just like hey I, I like this guy <laughs> I get that I get that Obi-Wan is barely in this movie I don't know why yes, he's so why there's so little of Obi-Wan you know and there's because very little relationship Qui-Gon building movie. between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon like well, if Obi-Wan's taking okay. over there's no real relationship building you said that if there needs to be relationship building like, that hasn't already been done. He's about to be, like, Qui-Gon suggests him for the trial. Like, the yeah. relationship is yeah. already there. I know that there's stuff, but, but, we don't but, why can't I, but why can't I see that they care about each other? You know? You know what? There's nothing here to show me anything deeper than the fact that they know each other. They never have any genuine conversation. This whole uh, movie. You ready? This, this whole movie. It's because they work in. Listen, it's this entire movie, all the dialogue is one person or a few people saying what they're going to do and then they do it that's the whole movie they say we're going to do this thing and then they do that thing it's because jedis are not supposed to use their emotion i mean maybe they're not supposed to use emotion but they're human they have emotion you know there's other jedi that we see later that have emotion you know not in this movie but mace windu later in the prequels he's got some emotion on him well, you know, I, mean, I think Obi-Wan in the next movie, as bad as Attack of the Clones is, he actually becomes an interesting character and he has character development in that movie. You know, you, he gets a character trait. You know, he's a he's a Jedi who doesn't really like flying all that much. That's kind of a cute character trait. I wish yeah, any I of guess. the characters in this movie had character traits except for Jar Jar. He's like the only one with some character traits. He's clumsy. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon <laughs> doesn't really have character traits. He's just a Jedi. That's that's all he's given, you know? Yeah, qui It's, just, it's about... a little frustrating from just a viewer's perspective. It's like, this movie doesn't make me want to care about the characters, you know? Yeah, Qui-Gon's just about yeah. as even-keeled of, like, a main character in pretty much any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of he's just kind of there doing what the plot's needing him to do. Qui-Gon things. He, he's yeah. doing Qui-Gon things. He does have, though... I think the best line in this movie when um, like when Anakin says when Anakin says, oh, you, you have a lightsaber. That's what a Jedi. You're a Jedi because you have a lightsaber. And he goes and he says that um, I could have killed a Jedi. He, killed a Jedi. And, he, and he says, oh, you can't do that. A Jedi can't die. And he goes, I wish that were true. That's actually a good line. That's kind of foreshadowing his death at the end. Like there, there's one line in this movie that was actually well written and. I wish there was more of that in this movie because that was a good moment. That moment we actually got to see a glimpse of Qui-Gon's character. You know, that is the only reason that I kind of care a little bit that he dies at the end is because that line right there makes me care a little bit. I'd care a lot well, more at the end had if he had more character development, you know? He had to die, but that's that's for later in the movie because now we're getting on to the first lightsaber battle. You know it. You love it. The... Anakin get to the ship while I fend off Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Battle. Best and he battle jumps. No. He jumps super high <laughs> up onto the ship. Jumps like yep, ridiculously he high. Hey, so did so did Luke. Luke I know. Can jump they're, high. they're they're really good at jumping high. The Jedi. You said you know it and we love it, and I was just like, <laughs> do we do we love it? <laughs> I just like lightsaber battles. So yeah. One of my favorite questions about this scene is that before Darth Maul even enters the frame, they're already running. What are they running from? Because they obviously... They were in this, no, they were in the sandstorm. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, they were trying to get... They were, okay. 
Uh, all, they were trying to get yeah, back to Yeah, okay, Saints. sure. <laughs> that's, the, that's the general reaction you're going to get for that because okay. it really don't make that. that much sense. And then <laughs> It really doesn't, but it is. And then, and then we start to get to all the Senate meetings and all the boringness of that. Um, and this is where now, now we kind of figure out what the Phantom Menace actually means a little bit. They start hinting at it. We don't really get the reveal till the end. But, like, the whole point and the whole convoluted plot of all of these prequels is Palpatine wanting to become the supreme leader of the galaxy. He wants to control everything, which is, you know, the most generic of bad guy inspirations ever. But, sure, it's fine. Simple villains can be effective. Mm-hmm. But the way that he goes to controlling everything is the most roundabout way ever. Um, he decides he needs to become the chancellor. So he's the senator and he like does all this diplomacy to become the chancellor. And it's like just this super convoluted mess. And it's like very boring Senate meeting stuff. We so that little, happens uh, for a while. <laughs> we get a little hint of Bail Organa. The adoptive. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, Leia. Uh, yep. They, they yeah, throw that in he, there. They throw that in there just for a little bit. We get we get a you know we get like a cameo of the Wookies, which is kind of cool. Yeah. We get to see. We get ET. Yep, ET is in there, which mm-hmm. is a cool little nod to Spielberg. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Then it's just talking and arguing, and it's boring. Yep. And then they and go then, back to Naboo. Yep. Which is so stupid. They took so long to get there, and they're like, "I'm gonna plead my case," and then she's like, "You're actually, I actually can't do anything here." you would be the best bet for our situation. I'm going to go back to Naboo. Yep. And they do that. And yeah. then Naboo is under attack. And we have the worst line in the movie uh, where the little council on Naboo, they go, communication disruption can only mean one thing. Oh, this is for sure in the beginning of the movie. Invasion. What? Wait, That's that was the beginning? The beginning? The yes. I thought that That's was here at the end. That's definitely the beginning of the movie. That's the beginning Oh, the wait, because they were invaded early. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's they, more in the how, beginning. That's how Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan got down. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was the worst line in the movie. <laughs> it was yeah. out of place in my notes. <laughs> I'm sorry. They go back and they fight the war. They they do the little yes, battle they there. They, they they gotta go. Jar Jar's like, I have an army. <laughs> I have an army. <laughs> he, he says his yeah. people have an army. <laughs> it's the same thing. His people who don't like him. And this is why it's Jar Jar finished. has been in the movie the whole time. Was just, just for this. So that way they can yep. get an army to fight droids until they can turn the droids off. And so they get an army to fight droids. And then and they then fight droids until Anakin turns them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's by, that one side. By doing the luckiest crap of all time. <laughs> that's true. Anakin's then, just kind of flying around up there in the middle of the space battle. Somehow doesn't die for a good, what, maybe ten minutes of movie time that he's up there? Can we, way too much can movie we time. And then he just hits the main reactor that just chain reacts the entire thing. And then everybody yep. else is just like, "Did who, who did that? Anybody know who did that? <laughs> There's four different things going on in this back half of this movie. You have the Gungans fighting the droids. Yep. Padme going to get the Trade Federation. The dual fates mm-hmm. and Anakin flying the ship. So there's four uh, yeah. things going on, and we care about one of them. And we care in, about one of them. In the third <laughs> act of this movie, you have four plot lines. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, a movie has two, maybe three plot lines at the beginning, and they all converge at the end to usually one main plot line. Sometimes you can still kind of have two coinciding plot lines at the end, but usually they merge, you know? That's kind of a thing that happens in these movies. Yes, yes, These yes. These don't really merge until the very, very end, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... I don't think I need all these plot lines. That's just another showing of how his writing isn't the best. That he's True. just got all these loose ends that he's having to do at the same time. And there's only one good part of those loose ends. So let's talk about that part. Let's let's talk about let's Duel of the Fates. Because that's the, the part that we actually kind of care about about this movie. You the know. entire time that I'm sitting here watching this lightsaber battle, I'm just frustrated that they keep cutting away to the other crap. Because I just want to <laughs> see it go down. Because that the is music so is true. epic and the fighting is epic. It's one of the best choreographed fights of the entire thing, of the entire series. Oh, for sure. Like, the amount of time that they spent choreographing, and they did everything. They had little, like, metal sticks as lightsabers. And they, mm-hmm. would, they would clack them together. 
And that's how that's how they got the shots. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Insane. They brought in a whole bunch of martial arts coordinators and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, like, dance choreographers and, like, everybody, like, all these different types of things working together to make it into a fighting sequence, but also into, like, an art form, almost, of, like, a chore- yes. like a very organized chaos of them fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. Obi-Wan gets knocked on, knocked down and almost falls into this... I don't even know why this is here. It's like this unnecessary large pit. Does not need to be in the movie. Like it's where is it's it there going? for plot convenience. It is there for plot <laughs> convenience. I was gonna say I was like there was giant large pit in the end of episode six and we were all okay with that, it. So Lucas was like, Yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna write one in here too. But like it makes sense. It's un- it's not a done Death Star and also leads like it could be an exhaust. I don't know. It's a big pit. You have an exhaust in the main Emperor's throne room. That's the room they finished building first, bro. I was about that- to say, I was like, the throne room <laughs> is very clearly done. That is they true. they built the throne room first because that's the most important room to the Emperor. Or if it or if it wasn't done, or if it wasn't done, they got news that the Emperor was gonna show up to oversee the rest of the construction, and then and they then were like, it. "Oh, we better finish this before he shows up, or else he's gonna start choking people." <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't choke people. He zaps people. Come on now. Everybody knows that. He's got he the sparkly gonna... fingers. <laughs> you were going to say something, Joe? Whatever. Leave me alone. <laughs> I thought you froze. <laughs> I did too. You I were did. sitting there like, so oh, still, no. I was like, oh, we lost Joe. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, they keep going. They keep going down and down and down into this other room with a giant pit in it this is another room with a gigantic hole in the center of it that's blocked by these opening and closing laser doors why are they there (laughs) i was about to say i was like the (laughs) open and closing laser laser doors are way more of a plot convenience than the giant hole (laughs) that is true because if those things are because if those things aren't there they probably both survive, and they kill them all. Oh, 100%. The question I have, this is going to be plot, plot convenience as well. So Darth Maul and Qui-Gon get to the end of the thing while they're fighting backwards. So they're like they're not running full speed like Obi-Wan is. How does Obi-Wan not make it? Like We've seen that Obi-Wan is fast. And, and, Qui-Gon, and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, they get lucky. They get hit when they open up. And they get almost all the way to the end while they are fighting. It's not like Darth Maul is like sprinting and Qui Gon is like sprinting after him. They are like backing up, fighting in a in a, in a you know a yeah, fighting way. The answer is plot convenience. We see earlier in the movie that they're super duper fast. The Jedi. Oh, when the destroyer droids, fast. they run out of the way so fast, like they're just a blur on the screen. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. That's that's the <laughs> Jedi dash, the Force dash. I think. It's yeah. Called. So, so he could get through it. It's just he yeah, could get like. And so Obi-Wan's he can sit like there behind. and watch his master die. That's the point. Yes. But then they get shut down. They get shut off. And you got Darth Maul and Qui-Gon on one side. And you got the Darth Maul like stuck in Qui-Gon, which looks so cool. And then you got Qui-Gon sitting there meditating, you know, letting... How long does he think that gate's going to be closed? That he's going to take himself a little nap? Like, <laughs> why he, is he, he meditating? meditating. He I know, it. why? I know, but like, why are you going to sit there with your eyes closed? That thing could open at any second and he'll chop your head off. Bro, Qui-Gon <laughs> don't take naps. He takes long blinks. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he was talking to the Force. He had to have a conversation with the Force and be like, yo, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to die? Do you not want me to die? And the Force was like, you got to die, Chief. So Qui-Gon dies. Rest in peace, Qui-Gon. That's, that's not can... officially what happens in the movie. That's just Connor's theory. Oh, let's just put sure. that. Okay. Let's just put that Look, a little disclaimer there. <laughs> Qui Gon, Qui Gon figured out that he was not allowed to train the boy. Okay, the Force told him he had to die for Obi Wan to train the boy. That's that's it. That's what the had Force to really wants Darth Vader to kill a lot of people. Look, <laughs> it has to bring balance to the Force. That's the prophecy: is to bring balance to the Force. The There's force other ways the... to bring balance to the Force than killing all the Jedi. The just Force be more bad guys. Tiny children. <laughs> Just, just make more bad guys. You That's can exactly balance the equation without there killing was, everyone on one side. There was, there was one, <laughs> there was one bad guy. So he made two bad guys, and then there was not enough good guys because the the Sith has to have the rule of two. It's a rule of two it has to be in place. <laughs> they have to have the rule of two because it's a rule. 
That's thank you for that explanation, Connor. I love George. It. No, I think, George so, said so. No, 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 no. I have the explanation for this one. So, uh oh. So Darth Bane, Darth yeah, Darth Bane, coolest name ever. Darth Bane. Uh, this From is Batman? in the Republic. Yes. I was about to say. I was like, Dark Knight Rises. I was like, here we go. Cool. Yes. Yeah, we yeah we got. So this is from the old Republic crossover episode. Uh, yeah, this is the that'd old be Republic. better. You know, it used to be a Sith Lord had a bunch of apprentices, would yada 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 around, and then all the apprentices would rise up and kill the one Sith Lord and making having like one Lord again, and then it would just go on repeat and repeat, and eventually the Sith got really really weak because they would just band together and then kill the one Lord. So. When Darth Bane was there, he was like, I'm going to slaughter everybody and have one apprentice and one master. So when the apprentice eventually betrays and kills the master, which always happens. Bro, why would you ever want to be a Sith? <laughs> because it's quick, it's easy, and you could be powerful from it. <laughs> but you're going to die no matter what. Like, But it's going to be sooner than you expect because you're going to get killed by someone. Probably. But... You know, you get some unnatural abilities. Okay. But, I guess it's worth it, you know. So then Darth Bane made the me. rule, too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it worked on Anakin. It did. So, come on. But, okay, yeah, so the rule of two is a rule because it's a rule. Yes. Uh, anyways, yeah, so Qui-Gon dies. And then Obi-Wan gets in there. He falls into the hole. After fighting for a little bit. You know, he slices Darth Maul's lightsaber in half, which is like, rip that other piece of lightsaber, because that was cool. (laughs) That was a cool lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Uh, Falls down the pit, but grabs onto this little, like, no. And he loses his own lightsaber. He does. He does. And then he he clearly does not have the high ground here. And then he jumps (laughs) up and around and slices Darth Maul in half. Yes. Showing that you don't have to have the high ground to win a fight. But that's that's okay. That's only Obi-Wan. <laughs> we only see Obi-Wan with the high ground like once. I'm just saying, the high ground is horrible writing. We'll talk about that in the third episode, but that's just a... It's iconic because it's memed so much, but it's memed because it's a stupid line. The fight is yeah, not I mean, over because you have the high ground, bro. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not... Okay, you think... He was just trying you, to get into Anakin's head. You think Obi-Wan's... You think Obi-Wan is going to get... Is going to get tricked by his own move in the book? If you look up that move in the book, it's called Obi-Wan's move. <laughs> like, you, 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 it ain't happening. He has the high ground. He won the, he won the game. But that's in the third episode. We can, we'll get we can to that later. That. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that, that later. later. And, then, um, and then they burn uh, Qui-Gon. They have a Jedi burial, which is yep. the burning of the Jedi. And one, of the, was, one of the most important things that happens right before that, though, is... Obi-Wan getting promoted to being an actual Jedi Knight. Yep. Yes, he, he went through the trials. And then one of my favorite oh, parts... Yeah. Well, and Qui-Gon thing, is told to... Qui-Gon tells him to train the boy. To, yeah, to that, train that the boy. That happens before Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. And then one of my favorite things, and one of like the most consistent and best parts of this whole movie is the music. But it's one of the best music cues in this entire movie is Yoda, when he reluctantly allows obi-wan to fulfill qui-gon's wishes of training anakin there's the small hint of the imperial march that comes in and it's it's just perfect it's just barely in the background really nicely mixed in by williams it's so good if you like that you're really gonna like the ending to to attack the clones (coughs) which we'll get to next week Yes, we will. But the movie, but, the, the very end of the movie, let's talk about this, because I hate the end of the movie. Because it was so, almost cool. They were so close. They were so close. They, really they had were. it. They, when they really had it. When, when Qui-Gon's on fire laying there, burning up, they Yoda they, tells they show everyone sitting there, and they, they pan to all the faces of everyone that you've grown to know over the movie, and then they just slowly, slowly zoom out, and you see like the ominous face of now chancellor palpatine because he became chancellor mm-hmm. and then it cuts to black that's where Sorry. the movie should have ended and it this should have ended all, on him i mean and this is all happening while the audio that's going on is 
there's the music playing in the background and everything, but then you have Yoda and Mace Windu talking and, like, establishing and the talking about that the rule of two. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we know that Maul is dead, but was that yep. the master of the apprentice? And then when that <laughs> camera pans over to Palpatine, who has the audacity yeah. to be the main villain of this whole thing and still show up to this. <laughs> Come on. Now. Well, because no one knows. They're all so stupid. I know, Nobody but he's just straight that. hiding in no plain sight, and his like, face is like, like, lit up by the fire, but he's still kind of in the shadows. Mm-hmm. If they would have just cut it right there, and it would have just Boom. been it would have been, been great, great in great. it. That could have redeemed part of the horribleness of this movie. That yeah, would have made it, it convincing. It it's like, this movie's called The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace is Palpatine, you know? Like, he's, yeah. he's this menace who goes unseen. Like, you don't know who he is. You know, he's a phantom, you know? <laughs> Phantom Menace. And it should end on him as the reveal at the very end. It's like, yeah, Danny Phantom. And it's that should be the reveal at the end. It's like, he's the Phantom Menace. And everybody's like, oh, you know, cool. And then they but cut instead, to a parade scene. Yeah, we get a parade. We get a parade. <laughs> we get this it's parade. Shark Tale Syndrome. Uh, the Gungans. Like, like, you just, you end on the dance number and the musical. And it's reminiscent of Shark Tale and Shrek and all of those kind of movies. It was trying to be episode four. Where It, it was definitely like trying to be episode four. But it's not episode four. Because episode, f- episode four was a victory that deserved celebration. Yeah. This is this is this a big deal for Naboo, a but it's not like, yeah, it's a big deal for Naboo when it like a really like, it's a treaty and everything, but it's not the but whole galaxy being saved. <laughs> and and the, the other deal is like, in A New Hope, that could have been the end of star wars so that was a fitting end for a movie that could have been the only one this movie is the first of three and they knew it it's setting up other movies you don't have to have this ending you can end it on a cliffhanger like that little ominous thing and lead into the second movie and that wouldn't have been so bad so cool it would have been so much better it would have been so cool but that's how the movie ends the movie (laughs) ends with big boss holding up this space orb and yep. yelling peace. Yep. <laughs> yep. So dumb. Which is just as dumb as it sounds. It's it so is. Dumb. But this whole movie is just plagued by, you know, we've talked about it a lot. I've kind of ranted about it a little bit. But just bad writing, not a great plot. They constantly talk about how the boy is dangerous, but they never really tell us why. You know, all you got to do is tell me of. why. They're like, not really. They're like, all the, you have a lot of fear in you. Which is such a stupid thing. If Anakin has fear in him, why not help him with that? Like, he's only going to come. He's only going to become more afraid if now he thinks that he's bad. You know, like you're only setting him up for failure. Just this whole movie, they don't give you enough explanation for things. It's like, and then when they do give you explanation, it's unwanted with the midichlorians. Yeah, it's a mess, and everybody agrees that this movie's a mess. But at so, least it's not episode two, which I have not seen yet. Haven't yep, I haven't it watched it. Again. So it might be better coming around, but Well let's well let's I'll let's talk in, about that real in. quick before we end then. Do you think that this movie's place on your tier list changes? Does it no. move up or down? No, absolutely not. I think it moves down on mine. Oh you I had it above yeah, Attack yeah. of the Clones. It's for sure at least on on par with Attack of the Clones. Attack of the okay, Clones I'll might be that. better. I don't know, we'll see. Ooh. <laughs> But Bra- I'm knocking it down. Giving it, giving it second to bottom tier was too generous for this movie. Yeah, I'll give you that. I, w- I would say I don't remember Attack of the Clones that well, so I don't really know how Phantom Menace stands right now. But it's we'll definitely have a lot more clarity next week. It's it's very, very easily the worst of all of what we've seen so far. It's mm-hmm. not for even sure. close. It's not even in the same conversation. Mm, I mean. You could technically say it's in the same conversation because it has the label Star Wars, but and bro, you well, know what I, I meant. Even argue, <laughs> I would even argue that this movie is unnecessary in the scheme of the prequels. Like, you could have Episode Two and Episode Three. You don't really need Episode One. You don't episode even need one, Episode Two. You could just give us Episode Three, and I'd well, be fine. I think you kind of need two because you need to see padme and anakin and obi-wan like you need to see that happen even though it's not good yeah you need to understand that more but i'm saying episode one this is the black sheep of the star wars franchise this is the movie that if you didn't have it at all you wouldn't be missing much of anything at all 
Like, yeah, there's I, nothing in this movie that I really need, you know? Yeah. You, you slip in a little bit of yeah. exposition into Attack of the Clones about who Qui-Gon is in, like, Obi-Wan telling a story about him to Anakin, and then it's like, boom, this movie doesn't need to happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Which would One have been thing, great, because then we would have been spared from Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jar Jar Binks is in... But he wouldn't have ever been introduced, so there would have been no need for him in 2 and 3. Exactly. That's true. That's true. The only reason he's in 2 Fixed and 3 it. is because they're trying to be like, oh, he is one of the main components of this trilogy. And it's just like, please but, stop. Yeah. So so if we're fixing episode 1, the easiest way to fix episode 1 is to get rid of it altogether. <laughs> that's yep. how you fix it. The good, the bad, and how to Except fix it. For, just get rid all of right, it. that's a wrap. <laughs> Except for Darth Maul. <laughs> that was easy. Except for Darth Maul. That's the only part. Put Darth Maul in episode 2 and 3. Yeah, just make him put the bad guy. Yeah, just put Darth Maul in the in the place of Count Dooku in episode two. Literally, yeah. I can see make that. make Easy. Ep- watch this. Ready? You ready? Make episode two, episode one. So that's your first one, and then take episode three and split it into two movies so you can really show. Like episode two, he's more good, and then episode three is when he's like gone. He's just gone bad. Like stretch Ooh. that out. Really give me character development. Like, like give me because the best part of the sequels was Ben Solo. You know, and his fight with. The light and dark. Like, show me that in the prequels. Yeah. There's so many things George Lucas yeah. could have done. And he went with this. And I think that's what really disappoints me. It's Star Wars. It's what we've got, you know. And we can only, like, fantasize about what could have been. And, I just had this idea. You know, idea. it's still Star Wars, you know. But I just had this idea in my head. Cool. I was like, if we're cutting episode three into two movies in the first one, you could have, like, the last scene be um, Palpatine bringing in Anakin and telling him that he's going to tell him the story of of Darth Plagueis, and then that's how it cuts off, that would have been a fire cliffhanger Ooh, that just popped been. in my head. They would have needed to added a little bit extra stuff. We could well, I mean, yeah, it, it would have been, it would have become two movies. They would have been able so, to add so much. That's, that's the whole what point, I'm saying. You know? Like, the way they could have, like, transitioned from the more good to the more bad from the first part to the second part there was there's so many possibilities of ways they could have so done one that thing, really really cool one thing that i really don't like is it, it talks about the adventures that obi-wan and anakin have had but we never see them in movies we mm-hmm. see the stupid politics stuff and that's why i really like the clone wars because that's what it's given us more adventures yeah. with anakin and obi-wan and yeah Ahsoka. why not you know if ahsoka is like such a big part of Anakin's story, why is she not in the prequels, you know? Obviously, they came up with her later, but still, like, that kind of stuff, I haven't really seen the Clone Wars. I watched a few episodes of it, but I didn't really get into it, but, like, those are the kind of stories that I want to see in the prequels. I want to see good, good stories, like, show me that kind of stuff. Don't, I don't need the pod racing, you know? It's, it's good for memes, and it's, it's one of the better parts of the movie. It's one of the better parts of the movie, but, like, give me good story that makes me really care make me really care about anakin that way i really feel bad the whole time knowing he's gonna become a bad guy because you know that but exactly. the prequels don't give you anything to care about anakin as he's going through the struggle you you know he's gonna become bad and they don't make you care about him you know mm-hmm. that's all i want from these movies yeah but it's all right you know we we have what we have and all we can do is sit here and and talk about it on our podcast this summer <laughs> yeah but I think that's all for for this week, anyways. I mean, I want to ask. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. It's a more of a uh, we've been we've been kind of ranting on this movie, uh, so I would like to celebrate this movie. And uh, what what's your favorite meme that's come out of Episode One? Oh, it's not even close. Now this is pod racing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to my head. Um. It's, I it's, think the other one is, meme. is, 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 um, uh, what, what is it? The, uh, a surprise, but a welcome one or whatever. What is, what is that one? What is a surprise? A surprise, yeah. but a welcome one? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one by Palpatine. That one's yeah. great. Um, I mean, there's, there's... Oh, it's a, it's a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah. That's what <laughs> it is. Uh, you got the big boomer from Jar Jar. Big boomer. Classic good. one. Big Boomer is good. Um, this is getting ridiculous. Now there's two of them. Fire. <laughs> I mean, that's probably that's probably my favorite one. 
is this is this is getting ridiculous. Now there's two of them. Look at that. Why. We found a way to I end just... this episode on a happy note. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, we did. Hopefully we can do the same thing next week when we come back and we talk about Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> which which we all put at the bottom of our lists. So <laughs> yes. big big yikes. It's, I, I love how the second one of the original trilogy was at the top of our list and the second one of the prequel trilogy was at the bottom of our list. And you know the second one of the sequel trilogy was the one that we're all going to argue about the most. For sure. <laughs> uh, the Those middle movies, they're very different from one another. They are. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening this week and all the weeks this summer. We hope you guys will tune in next week when we talk about Attack of the Clones. But um, I'll understand if you don't, because it's not a great movie. <laughs> uh, we're going to keep going through the rest of the summer. We're going to finish out the prequels, do the sequels, hit the anthologies, uh, maybe hit uh, some other stuff um, along the way. Or maybe, you know, we've got the Star Wars Christmas special. We might do that. Maybe Mandalorian. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, we've got ideas. Um, but be sure to leave us feedback on Instagram. We've got that form. Let us know um, if there's any other Star Wars content you'd like us to do this summer while we're doing that all. Uh, make sure you're staying safe and uh, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.